You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy-laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Welcome back, David. How are you doing? Yeah, it's good to be back. uh, It is. Hard to believe, again, how much has taken place in one week. Yeah, I know. Uh, things just seem to be changing daily. Uh, and, and I can't help but think about this whole COVID-19 situation and the different worries and anxieties that people are, are feeling and facing. Uh, some people are laid off of work. Some people don't know what their working situation is going to look like. Uh, anxiety about, about, um, about groceries, anxiety about yeah. loved ones. Um, I was just hoping that today we could we could spend some time just talking about worries, talking about anxieties a little bit. Uh, I was wondering, David, what what do you say to somebody, or or even say to ourselves when in our own hearts at three in the morning, or two in the afternoon, or while we're baking bread or playing Scrabble, uh, whatever it might be, <laughs> um, when we're just we're just feeling like we're worrying too much inside. Um, and that we don't know how to stop, or those times that we wake up uh, in the middle of the night just full of anxiety. Is worry just a part of our Christian life, or is it something that, uh, that will pass? Is it something that, that we won't have to struggle with at some point in our life? Yeah, it, it is amazing how much uh, Jesus actually the Word of God, and Jesus talks about our fears and our worries. So I think sometimes we begin to worry about our worries, or we begin to worry that we worry too much. I actually read that comment somewhere just recently. I worry too much, and I don't know how to stop. And I wonder if how many people uh, would say that. I, I, I just I don't know how to stop all the worries that I have. Yeah. Um, and and in, in some ways, it's, 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 it's necessary to worry. I mean... And, and it's, it's uh, you know, we are living in, in anxious times uh, financially, uh, people who are working on the front lines. Um, or, you know, we, we think of a loved one who may be more susceptible to COVID, uh, all these various things. Um, and so uh, I think part of our discussion today is, and, and what I'm hoping for is that, um, we can acknowledge our worries and in acknowledging our worries, find a place to have an honest conversation about them. Uh, I think the, the beautiful thing about worry is I can say to myself, it's, it's okay to worry because Jesus is going to talk to me about it. Uh, and, and God is going to talk to me about it in his word and, and he's going to help me with my worries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have, have talked about Psalm 91 in the past and We've talked about how reading that psalm, which is quoted a lot, uh, can actually increase worry. It can increase anxiety. This is such a great psalm, which speaks of such rich and amazing promises of God. Could you maybe quickly summarize that psalm and tell us how much an amazing psalm can bring such worry and anxiety? Uh, Why can we worry when there are so many rich promises in a psalm like this. Yeah. Psalm 91 is an incredibly powerful psalm. 
it is, if we can put it this way, it is ridiculously positive. It is filled with so many promises. Uh, beginning with Jesus is our protection. We can hide in the shadow of the Almighty. So I just, I'm just going to briefly go through the psalm just to, and, and summarize it and then uh, talk about why uh, so many riches and so many promises can bring such great worry in our life. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, verse 1 just is the big promise. The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. And verse 2 is the response. I will say concerning the Lord, who is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So the truth is stated in verse 1. Uh, the response, the personal response is in verse 2. And then in verses 3 through 8, you have this protection from life's threats. So we read, He himself will rescue you from the bird's trap, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers. He will take refuge, you will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. Verse 7, Though a thousand fall at your side and a ten thousand at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. So I think that's why it's often quoted uh, because it talks about pestilence um, or it talks about destructive plagues and being protected from that. And then verse 9, um, it's almost like this conversation with truth or with the promises of God reiterates verse 1, because you have made the Lord my refuge, the most high your dwelling place. Verses 10 through 13, again, talk about no harm will come to you. No plague will come near your tent. For he will give his angels orders concerning you, protect you in all your ways. And then a few other verses, and then it concludes with verses 14 through 16, just these, uh, this statement of promises um, and all that God will do because he has his heart set on me, uh, I will deliver him. So God will deliver us. I will protect him. He who calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him. I will rescue him. I will give him honor. I will satisfy him with long life and show him my salvation. And so it's so rich and it's so, uh, you know, encouraging in so many ways. And then we ask ourselves, well, when others have read that to me, I thought I would find a lot, find a lot more encouragement. And why don't I find the encouragement? In fact, why do I find myself struggling after I read something like that? And, I mean, those listening might come up with other reasons, but these are at least two reasons uh, that I've found. First of all, I think sometimes if we're honest with ourselves and we read Psalm 91, I can just doubt them to be true. I can just yeah. doubt that God's promises are true. For example, I, um, I, I, we heard recently, this is tragic, we heard recently this past week of someone in the church whose close relative passed away from COVID-19. Um, mm. where, was, where was Psalm 91? Uh, we know believers who are really sick, and, and even outside the atmosphere of COVID, uh, we, it, it, and we read this in Psalms, it almost sometimes seems that the righteous are taken from us and the, uh, the wicked prosper. So I think it's almost a Psalm that's too good to be true, and we don't know how to read it. And then I think sometimes the other thing that happens when we read a Psalm like this is it almost depresses us more because we say, I know that's what I'm supposed to believe, and I know that's what I'm supposed to hold on to, but I just don't have the faith. And couple that with, if I don't have enough faith, then am I going to get sick? And so am I, am yeah. I respond, is, is God's faithfulness in response to my faith? And so we walk away from Psalm 91 and say, I'd love to have that faith, and I'd love to trust in all those promises, 
Um, but I just, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to get sick because I just don't have the faith that other people have. So, so it can, I think in those ways and, and, and others that it can be discouraging. Mm-hmm. What would you say to the person who is, uh, who is struggling with doubt and who is really beating themselves up over it? Um, uh, there's different theologies out there that say, if you're doubting, you must, you know, you must not be saved. You must not have, uh, have the Holy Spirit in you. Uh, what would you say to that person that's just grappling with that? Yeah, I would, again, I would go back to what we talked earlier. Um, like, for example, in, in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus talks about anxiety, it's interesting how he deals with us. He doesn't just say, don't be anxious. He says, mm-hmm. um, don't, don't worry about your life and, and all of that. And then he, but what he does is he doesn't give a statement. He asks a question to get us to think. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? And then what about, you know, about food? And aren't you worth more than, than they, the birds of the air? Can any one of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? So I think sometimes people's theology that says, you know, you, you shouldn't worry or you're less of a Christian because you do worry more, uh, um, it doesn't take into consideration how Jesus and and really how the scripture talks about our anxieties and our fears. Jesus meets us where we're at. Jesus asks questions that cause us to consider not just our anxieties and fears, but cause us to consider who God is, who Jesus is, and the promises that are found in him. It's it's that worry is actually a big part of our life or can be. Yeah. Good. Uh, when, when you think too about Psalm 91, um, how can such a psalm be an encouragement? Can you help us read this psalm? And then I want to finish off with a question because Jesus actually quoted from Psalm 91 in his temptation in the wilderness. But how do you, how do you see Psalm 91 as an encouragement in, in, in a time like this? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people read psalms, and, and I'm, I'm still learning to read psalms differently as well, but a lot of people read psalms uh, as if, you know, they're playing bingo. I don't know if kids today play bingo, but, you know, <laughs> it's like B7 or whatever, and you put your marker on mm-hmm. B7, and it's almost like that with psalms, like it's P91, and we just need a psalm to fill in Psalm 91, so the psalms are just uh, this eclectic group that are there, there's really no flow or there's, there's no way to, you know, there, there's, there's no context. And I think that's often how we read Psalms. So what happens is somebody will read Psalm 91 to somebody and they'll hear it, but it's out of context. And they'll just say, man, I'm not there. Like I don't, Psalm 91 doesn't make any sense to me because I'm, I'm still struggling in, uh, in other areas of my life. So uh, I, I think in order to, in, in other words, what begins to happen is we think that we can just drop into a psalm and own it. And, and we can't just drop into every psalm and just own it. I think it's part of our health or our, uh, our, our spiritual health um, maturing and, and growing. But sometimes we, when we drop into a psalm like that, like Psalm 91, we think, okay, I, I have to be that kind of person who um, just has that kind of faith. But that's not how the, the psalms are written. So this is what I found helpful uh, as, as, as I read through the Psalms. 
Um, first of all, the Psalms are often written within a personal context, as is all of Scripture, but especially the Psalms. So when we read a particular Psalm, sometimes what happens is we, we take five minutes to read it, and we, where the psalmist ends up trusting the Lord often or worshiping the Lord, we say, okay, within five minutes I should be there. But because each psalm is so personal within its, its own life context, uh, we, we're not necessarily there in five minutes. It might take weeks, it might take years for us to more fully understand a particular psalm because of the life circumstances. Uh, so I think, you know, psalms are, are written within a personal context and they're read within a personal context. The other thing that I think happens with psalms is the psalms flow together. The psalms flow together. So the psalms come to us actually as a book. There's five books. Psalm 90, uh, Psalm 91, interestingly, is book four. And book four talks a lot about the kingship of Jesus ultimately, but the, God's kingship. Book three talks about God as our helper. Uh, we need... We need to be cared for by God. So book three brings out a lot of the struggles um, in, in, the, in, in the believer's life. Book four comes along and talks a lot about the kingship. So that's why you'll have Psalm 100, uh, you know, praising the Lord, and Psalm 103 talking about uh, the great forgiveness of sins, all these really um, psalms that extol the greatness of God. Whereas in book three, there is still the greatness of God, but it's in the context more of struggling with the greatness of God. So psalms are often written within a personal context. Psalms flow together. And then finally, psalms work together. In other words, we're to read Psalm 91 in the context of previous psalms. So if you were to go to Psalm 88, uh, that's a dark psalm. Someone ends the psalm just struggling with God and saying, God, darkness is my closest friend. In other words, if you were to try to show Psalm 91 to a Psalm 88 person, they, they would get so anxious about it and say, God, I know I'm supposed to be Psalm 91, but I'm, I'm in Psalm 88. Or if you read Psalm 89, Psalm 89 is also a struggle, uh, a psalm of struggle that speaks of, uh, in, in many ways, the faithfulness of God and then the faithlessness of who we are before God. Um, and, and how the enemies ridicule God. And then in Psalm 90, you have this eternal God, but it talks about how we're just mortal. Uh, we're going to die. And, um, and so what you have before Psalm 91, you have three very difficult Psalms to travel through. And so some people might mm -hmm. be in Psalm 88, um, and then somebody reads them Psalm 91 and they say, oh man, I'm, I'm not a Psalm 91 person right now. I'm a Psalm 88 person. Uh, so that's all to say is, as we understand the flow um, and, and what the beauty of Psalms is that as we read through the Psalms, um, uh, they grow us and they mature us. Um, and so some people will genuinely struggle with um, they might be only Psalm 89 right now, and they're going to struggle with rebellion outside, the evil outside, or rebellion inside, um, and, and not find a lot of hope in Psalm 91. Um, but those of us and those who have traveled through Psalm 88, and 89, and 90, then you get to Psalm 91, and it's like, Lord, you've taught me so much through the struggles. So Psalm 91 isn't saying God is going to keep us from all the struggles. Psalm 91 is saying, 
you may have to travel through Psalm 88, Psalm 89, Psalm 90, um, and you will begin to see that where you asked where the refuge of God was, God was taking care of you all along. We just missed it, but now mm. we're beginning to see it. Hmm. Yeah, that's those are such good thoughts. Um, and as I as I think about Psalm ninety one, what about the temptation of Christ? He is in the wilderness, and Jesus and um, and he he meets uh, he meets Satan in the wilderness, uh, and he, Satan tempts Jesus three times. In Matthew, the second temptation is Jesus. So, what do you, what, what, what about this interaction, and how, how does it connect to Psalm ninety-one? Yeah, Jesus actually teaches us how to read Psalm ninety-one. Very interesting, because Satan comes to Jesus and says, "Listen, why don't you just throw yourself down the hill, down the mountain?" And it says in God's word that God will protect you. Uh, and what part of it is uh, Satan is tempting Jesus that Jesus doesn't have to go through the cross. And that's why Jesus' response is, don't test God. Um, don't put God to the test. And so we'll read a Psalm 90, like 91, and we can, I, I want to be careful how I say this, but we can read it like Satan reads it, and we can put God to the test. And we can say, God, you promised this in your word, uh, that my, my, I will not stub my toe or that um, if there's a thousand enemies that you will protect me and you will deliver me. Um, and and so, so we put God to the test that if he's really God, then I won't get sick. Or if he's really God, then uh, he'll deliver me from all my enemies. But Jesus, in his response to Satan, teaches us to read Psalm 91 that even though we have these great and amazing promises, um, like Jesus, we may still have to go through suffering. There will be times when, when God rescues us, um, and there will be times where we go through the struggles, and, and God still is our shelter. We are under the shadow of the Almighty. Um, it doesn't, God never changes in all of this. So what Jesus is doing is he's taking Psalm 91, and he's trusting God. He's saying, I'm trusting God's promises that as I go through my mission, and as I go through my life, then God will deliver me. And, and there is a sense in which Psalm 91, Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of Psalm 91. When he rose from the dead, um, we will still go through our struggles now. We will still go through our COVID-19 now um, by God's grace. But one day when we go to glory or Jesus returns, Psalm 91 will see, be seen in its absolute perfection. So even in the midst of COVID-19, we have Psalm 91 where we can still worry or we will still grow anxious, but there's hope in our anxiety and there's hope in our worry. Mm. And I think having hope um, battles so much anxiety and so much worry. Well, we started out the beginning of this talking about uh, our worries and our anxieties uh, what would you say to the person that still by the end of this says, okay, I get it, Psalm 91, but I still worry too much and I don't know how to stop. And even if Psalm 91 helps me, I still don't know yeah. what to do. What would you say to that yeah, person? I would say what, what you just said is an, is, is an excellent way to begin a conversation with God and with others. Hmm. In other words, being able to say, I, you know what? I read this, I worry, and I don't know how to stop. And you talk to God about it. 
you talk to someone mm. else about it. Sometimes we think we have to cover our worries and our anxieties, even before God, because then we're not super Christian. Um, but Jesus never calls us to be super Christian. Jesus calls us um, to, in our weakness, know his strength. So say that to Jesus. Say that to, to someone that, that will patiently love you through your worries and your anxieties. And then begin to see that um, even in this, even though we may not be able to see all the promises, maybe there's one or two promises in Psalm 91 that you can hang on to. And it might just be verse 1. It might just be, I know that I'm under his shadow. And if I'm under his shadow, mm. the rest of Psalm 91 will unfold as God designs it to unfold. But I'm still secure in Christ. Mm. And I'm still secure under the shadow of the Almighty. And he will bring me through this in whatever way um, is for his glory. And we will ultimately um, experience the fullness of Psalm 91 in glory. Well, thank you so much, David. And we just want to open up the dialogue for anyone who's out there listening and needs to talk to somebody. Maybe you'd like, you'd like to talk to us about it. Um, just talk about your worries, talk about your anxieties. Uh, you can connect with us through our website at gbccambridge.com. Uh, you can also go to gbccambridge.com slash connect and connect with us uh, that way as well. But we would love to continue this conversation. If you're sitting at home and you're flooded with anxiety, you're flooded with worry, uh, we have people that would love to talk with you, to pray with you, even just to, just to be a listening ear for you to share with somebody, I'm still worrying, I'm still anxious, and I, I just need some encouragement. Uh, so we welcome that. Uh, but thank you, David. Thank you for Thanks, your time here today. And uh, we just hope and we pray that as the days go on, that as we're reflecting on passages like Psalm 91 and others, uh, that we are growing and maturing and that God is using those passages to transform and to, uh, to reform us uh, into the image of Christ. So thank you so Thanks. much.